Good morning. Good to see you. It always is good to see you. Not just today. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. It's a fable. But I really want you to allow the Holy Spirit to show you this is not just a story. It's got a huge amount of spiritual significance. So enjoy the story, but let it let Holy Spirit speak to you what he's saying in this. A fable is told about an eagle that thought he was a chicken. When the eagle was very small, he fell from the safety of his nest. A chicken farmer found the eagle, brought him to the farm, and raised him in a chicken coop among his many chickens. The eagle grew up doing what chickens do, living like a chicken and believing he was a chicken. A naturalist came to the chicken farm to see if, if what he had heard about an eagle acting like a chicken was true. He knew that an eagle is king of the sky. He was surprised to see the eagle strutting around the chicken coop, pecking at the ground and acting very much like a chicken. The farmer explained to the naturalist that this bird was no longer an eagle. He was now a chicken because he had been trained to be a chicken and he believed he was a chicken. The naturalist knew that there was more to this great bird than his actions showed as he pretended to be a chicken. He was born an eagle and had the heart of an eagle and nothing could change that. The man lifted the eagle onto the fence surrounding the chicken coop and said, Eagle, you're an eagle. Stretch out your wings and fly. The eagle moved slightly, looked at the man, glanced at his home among the chickens where he was comfortable, jumped off the fence and continued doing what chickens do. The farmer was satisfied. I told you it was a chicken. The naturalist returned the next day and tried again to convince the farmer and the eagle that the eagle was born for something greater. He took the eagle to the top of the farmhouse and spoke to him, Eagle, you are an eagle. You belong to the sky and not to the earth. Stretch out your wings and fly. The large bird looked at the man, again down into the chicken coop, jumped down from the man's arms onto the roof of the farmhouse and into the chicken coop. Knowing what eagles are about, the naturalist asked the farmer to let him try one more time. He would return the next day and prove that this bird was an eagle. The farmer, convinced otherwise, said, it's a chicken. The naturalist returned the next morning to the chicken farm and took the eagle and the farmer some distance away to the foot of a high mountain. They could not see the farm nor the chicken coop from this new setting. Sorry. The man held the eagle on his arm, pointed high into the sky. Where the bright sun was beckoning above, he spoke, Eagle, you are an eagle. You do belong to the sky and not to the earth. Stretch out your wings and fly. This time the eagle stared skyward into the bright sun, straightened his large body and stretched his massive wings. His wings moved slowly at first. Then surely and powerfully, with the mighty screech of an eagle, he flew. The farmer and the farm is the world, and the devil is the prince of the world. Born-again believers are eagles. 
The naturalist is the Holy Spirit. We are citizens of this world, not of this world. We are citizens of heaven. We are born again. We are born to look at the sun and fly. Are you being a chicken? Are you scratching around with the rest of the world thinking I am just a chicken? We're not born for that church. We are born for so much more. And this, this series we're starting is an exploration in the book of Ephesians. And it shows us, Paul shows us this mighty salvation that we have. This mighty salvation that we have. His plan is to put everything together under the headship of Christ. And it will happen. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He has exerted incredible power to make us his church. From every tribe, every nation, every people, man and woman, poor and rich, whatever you, young and old, God has exerted his power that we may be his church, his eagles flying for him. Our key verse, or first our title, there you have it, living worthy of our calling, soaring there with God every and each day. Our verse is Ephesians 4 verse 1, our key verse through this series. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Now, I hope you look at that and think, why, God, do you say, why does Paul say, I therefore? What's the therefore for? What does he say? He talks about this calling. What is this calling? He talks about walking worthy of the calling. What is this all about? Well, good. Be here for the next few weeks and find out. Let's through Ephesians, look at the sun and become eagles and stop being chickens. Stop pecking in the ground like the rest of the world. We are born to be eagles. My text for today is from Ephesians 1. Let's turn there. I'm going to read from verse 3 to verse 14. I'm reading now from the ESV. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he sets forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. 
In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That is quite a mouthful. Gosh, Paul, what are you saying? <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. Let's unpack this incredible scripture. What is he saying? What is God saying us with Paul? Just that very first verse says, God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Blessing is an off, can be an awfully Christianese word. How are you today? I'm blessed. I remember once somebody saying to me, stop saying I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. What do you mean? And they were right. But blessed has an incredible spiritual significance. And it is the favor of God. It is the favor of God on us. When we look at temporal blessing, and I think as Christians we tend to mix these up. Temporal blessings, some have, some don't. Some are rich but not healthy. Some are healthy but not rich. Some are neither rich nor healthy. And so we could go on. Those are temporal blessings. And it doesn't mean because we don't have them that we're not in favor with God. They are temporal. But Jesus, God, God the Father, is speaking about spiritual blessings in this context. And we're going to unpack, but what does that mean? Spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. And did you notice in that first verse, it says, he's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. We don't have all the temporal blessings, but we do right now, every single one of you, if you believe in Jesus, you have every spiritual blessing. Everyone born again. I've got four questions. How? How do we get all these blessings? What are they? Why do I get them? And is this really for real? Okay. So how do we get them? Now I've used the, um, sometimes I've used the uh, Passion Translation because I just love the way he puts some of these verses. So verse three says, so this is how do we get them? Blessed be, we've said it already several times, you heard it already, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, there's the key phrase, in Christ with every spiritual blessing. When we become a Christian, we are united with Christ. What does that mean? So the way I could unpack it for you is we're united in his death, we're united in his resurrection, and the whole baptism is a symbol of being united in his death, raised up like he was, resurrection. And we're a new being. So when we're united in his death, Jesus, the sinless one, 
took on my sin. We sang it today. He took on my sin. Now, I know we know this, guys, but do we know it? Is it causing us to stop scratching like chickens? Was it, yeah, yeah, he died for me? I can't think like that. He, we, it's like we died. If we, when we are united with Christ in his death, it is like we died. We took that penalty. He took it for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? He took it for us, but it is like we died. We died in Christ. And so because we died in Christ, we're free from the penalty of sin. Now, today, when I'm born again, I am free from the penalty of sin, which is eternal death. Jesus' resurrection was his reward. It was his vindication. You see, he is the son of God. And it was his victory. And Christian, you have, if you are united with Christ in his resurrection, you have his reward, you have vindication, and you have the victory because we are united with Christ in his resurrection. Isn't that incredible? Absolutely mind-blowing. And we have this incredible new nature with the Holy Spirit living inside, naturally saying, no, 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 come on. You don't have to scratch there. You don't have to be stressed out. You don't have to be a worry bee. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be sore with me, sore above your circumstances. Look at me. Allow Holy Spirit to speak to you. And there's no middle ground, guys. You don't have some of the spiritual blessings or none or a bit of them. You either have all of them or you have none of them. There's none of this, well, I'm a Christian, you know, but I don't live like a Christian. Seriously? Do you know you are united with Christ? Do you know you are resurrected with him? Live like that. Live like it. Stop scratching in the dirt like a chicken. So what are these spiritual blessings? Now, it's a big topic. We could preach for a long time on it. But Paul encapsulates it here in this portion of Ephesians with three main headings. And the first ones, we are adopted by the Father. We have, we have an adoption by the Father. Now I'm reading verses 4, 5, and 6 from the Passion Translation. Excuse me, you'll see it on the screen. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we should be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one. So that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Hey? Now this was written in Roman times. And in Roman times, households would adopt an heir. 
if they didn't have an heir for the inheritance, for the lands, whatever they possessed, they would adopt a male, and a male only, to inherit. God adopts you. Whatever your circumstance, wherever you are in life, in the gutter, male, female, rich, poor, whatever you are, he adopts you. And you know what? He made the decision before the foundation of the universe. How mind-boggling is that? It's beyond our understanding. It's beyond our comprehension. That's when he made this decision. You know, if you're driving in the car and you have a spontaneous decision to give a gift to someone who's on the side of the road. As parents, we tend to plan our giving. And, you know, we, our child's birthday is coming. And, you know, you start thinking about, how am I going to bless my child? God thought about it before the foundation of the universe and blessed you and me with every spiritual blessing. That's how special he sees us. I love this verse, that I, this little quote I found. It says, so, why, so if you ask why are we chosen, why are we chosen within this adoption? Why does he adopt us? Well, he adopts us to be holy. And look at this. He says it's chosen to happiness as the end, chosen to holiness as the means. You know we get that the wrong way around? We want happiness as the means, don't we? And we want holiness at the end. Uh-uh. Happiness is the end. Holiness is the means. And we so easily put that the wrong way around in our world to be comfortable, you know, be in our little chicken coop. We don't want the, to go for the holiness, but that's God's way. He's ordained us to be holy. The second spiritual blessing that we have is that we, are, we have redemption through the Son. Notice we are adopted by the Father. We have the redemption through the Son. Such a lovely picture of the Trinity in this. Verse 7, again the passion. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of all our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his, of his grace. Total cancellation of our sins. That is unreasonable. That's not a good spreadsheet. That's not a good plus and minus. In God's economy, it's perfect. Total cancellation of all my sin. He sees me right now as perfect. I know I'm not perfect, but God sees me as perfect. We're redeemed, guys, at a great, great price. That one song we sang, you know, we, the thing about we look at the cross and we, can, we should be looking at the resurrection. We've got to look at, at this incredible gift that we've been given of being redeemed. And it's redeemed by one. He doesn't look at my outward actions. 
Everyone else, you all only see the outward of me. You only see me occasionally. You don't know me. My husband knows me a bit better. He, some, he starts to see some of the really grotty parts. God sees the worst. He sees those thoughts sis, that I sometimes think. But he's redeemed me. And he loves me. And he's got plans for me. And he says, get out of the dirt, Laney, and fly. You are an eagle. You're born for this, born again for this. We have redemption through the, through the Son. And we have renewal by the Holy Spirit. So adoption is done. You are adopted. Redemption is done. You are redeemed. If you're born again, you're redeemed. There's an ongoing awareness of sin and learning to live holy but you are redeemed. But this renewal is still happening and will happen until he comes. Until he comes. Verse 10. And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time, through every period of time. Think of all the time we've been going through. What are we? 2022 and all the years before. Until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches its climax, when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. I can't wait. Can you imagine when it's all brand new? God has planned it all out. He's planned our future. And as this verse has said, he's delighted when he sees us walking in everything that he's intended for us. We can walk away from us. He's given us that, that thing called choice. But he's got this most incredible plan. And he bats us back as hard as he can when we start going off on our little own plan and purpose. He's got this most incredible plan. And he's doing it by his Holy Spirit. And one day, all evil will be gone. All poverty, all war. When you think and you look at what's happening in the Ukraine, you see the devastation of man. It'll all be made new. Every single part of it. Every heartache, every disappointment, he will make new on that day. And it's, the word tells us it'll be even better. We can't imagine it. But that's his plan and it's gonna happen. It's a, it's a promise. It's a blessing that we have. So guys, what do we have? We have adoption. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We are redeemed and we are being renewed and will be renewed forevermore until he comes. So we have to say, why? Why did you do this, Jesus? Why have you given us all of this? And I'm sure you can all be shouting back at me because he loves us. He loves us beyond anything so much that he gave up every single right that he had when he came and died on a cross. Every right as God, every right even as a human to die such a humiliating death, he gave it up. All up, because he loves you intimately. And when we accept this sacrifice of love, 
we receive every single spiritual blessing. But then you have to say, but why do you love me? Why? Why give me all these spiritual blessings? What for? Hope you know the answer, to glorify God. It gives us the clues, verse, verse 6 and 12. Verse 6, the second bit said, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify what? His grace. So when people, chickens, see you soaring like an eagle, heck man, how are you doing that? What are you doing? It's the glory of God. It's Jesus. I can, why are you like that? Don't you know what's going on around? Why are you depressed? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you ranting and raving and la, 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 la? Because I'm soaring with God. I'm not an ostrich. Guys, it's not being an ostrich, it's being an eagle. So that God may get the glory, all the glory. Verse 12 says, God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to long for the Messianic hope, would be the first to believe in the anointed one. Why? And bring great praise and glory to God. When we saw, guys, when we saw like eagles, you are gonna bring attention. You know, think about when you're out in the wilds and you see that majestic bird and he's just, you know, he's catching those thermals and he's huge and you look and you think, wow. God wants people to look through us and see our creator and say, but I want to be an eagle. Please tell me how I can be an eagle. Yes, you can. It's very simple. Accept the sacrifice of Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you can be an eagle. It's as simple as that. How awesome. We don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to do anything but believe, get off our own self-throne, that I can do it, I'm the man, you know, I'm the, no, we're not. We need Jesus in every single aspect of our lives. So how, is this really for real? Is this really for real? And I think sometimes we're so disillusioned by our temporal, we just get back to being a chicken, we're peck, 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 pecking on the floor again. But, He's given us something very special, verse 13 and 14. And because of him, when you, are, when you who are not Jews, that's us guys, Gentiles, heard the revelation of truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He is given to us like an engagement ring is given to a bride as the first installment of what is coming. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all the supreme glory and honor of God. He gives us a taste. As we worship this morning, I just felt this blanket of his Holy Spirit. He was just here. He was wrapping himself around us. And you know those moments when you just like, you just know it's God. You feel, you do that little bit, that just supernatural joy. That's, gonna, that's nothing compared to what's coming. Hey, that's just a teeny bit of the joy 
that we're going to have one day. He wants us to have more and more on this earth as we access him more and more. He is so willing. He's that naturalist saying, come on, you are an eagle. I know you're an eagle. Fly. And he's there to empower us and he's there to encourage us. Access him, access him. He's there, it's a seal. You're born again. You have the promised Holy Spirit. Do you get? And as I said to Tia when I was prepping, you know, we know this stuff. But I hope, as I, I was even yesterday afternoon, I was still like, ah. Oh. I know this stuff. How do I, how do I get excited about it? So I went for, it was raining, but I said, I've got to walk. I've just got to walk. So I went with my umbrella. And as I walked and as I pondered it, I got more and more excited. And I thought, Lord, how do I communicate how crazy your grace is? How magnificent is your grace? How can I envision these are people that you have, that you have in front here today? How can I envision them to be much more than they are today? And I trust that Holy Spirit is doing that through me. It's not just, you know, people say I'm a Christian. And you ask them why they're Christian. Well, I'm not Muslim and I'm not Hindu. Or <laughs> I was born a Christian. No, you're not. You have not tasted the grace of God. You have not tasted this incredible thing that he gives us when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Yes, it's an exciting thing to be a Christian. And I pray that that first revelation when you chose to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, that that bubbles up within you. Have we got that hymn? <laughs> so as I was walking, now this hymn I used to sing as a teenager. I was in a Baptist church and I remember bellowing this hymn. I loved this hymn. I tried to Google it and, I, and every version I found is, oh, and I thought, I can't give that, I can't play that all to you with respect to the heart. But look at these words, guys, because this encapsulates what I've just been saying. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? There more. He left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love, and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all, immense and free, for, oh, my God, it found out me. I want to get to one. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night in the chicken run. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flame with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold, I approach the eternal throne and claim the Christ, the crown through Christ 
my own. Amazing. I can't even try it. How can it be that thou, my God, just die for me? Let's just pray, and then we can just play it as people go. Let's stand up. Guys, we have, what can we do but say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing love. Oh, God, forgive me when I play it down. Forgive me, Lord, when I'm not excited about the incredible gift, the incredible spiritual blessing that I have in the heavenly realm. I'm your daughter, I'm your son, Jesus Christ. I'm redeemed, I'm seen pure in your sight. Every day, all day. Thank you that you give me your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you convict me, you impassion me, you provoke me, you comfort me. And you cause me to fly. You cause me to fly that this, the holy God, that you, God Almighty, may receive all glory, all power, forever and ever. Amen. Let's try. Divine, bold I approach. 
I trust you are too. Go ahead and read the whole book. Get a picture of where, where it's going. And let's go soar, guys. Leave that silly old chicken run. And let's soar like eagles. Amen. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>